Hello and welcome to the Power of Parks podcast, sponsored by Omaha Parks and Recreation. I am your host, Parks and Recreation Director Matt Kalsevich. This podcast will connect the community with some of the best known and most influential people from Omaha and how the parks have shaped their lives and still influence them today. We want these conversations to inspire you to get out and feel the power of parks for yourself. And now, enjoy episode two with our guest, Dennis Pate. Dennis is a traveler of the world, but has been a part of the Omaha community now for 12 years. He has served as the president and CEO of the Omaha Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium during that entire time. Dennis attended the University of Illinois and previously was part of the administration at zoos in Jacksonville, Portland, and Lincoln Park before coming to Omaha. Dennis, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Sure. Appreciate it. You and I have had the chance to make a connection in in my time here, just uh, almost a year now in in Omaha, and really enjoyed getting to know you and getting to know more about the zoo. And we'll certainly spend a a healthy portion of time uh, talking about that here. And and it's a privilege for me to uh, be a member of the zoo board. And obviously that's where we've had some of our initial overlap. Uh, But thanks again for taking the opportunity to talk about parks and and your history and connection with them here in Omaha and and in your personal life. Uh, Obviously uh, you're a well-known figure in the community and and done some amazing things that again, we'll we'll really get into. Uh, But uh, wanted to start with your history in Omaha. And for those of you, those who don't know you as well, uh, talk about maybe the the time you arrived here. I I know you aren't from here originally, but maybe talk about your own history and and what brought you here time since yeah you know it's interesting because I don't really I'm from anywhere (laughs) and that is a little like a lot of people that live here whose families uh, were in the service and moved around a lot and my father was in the service and so I never knew the concept of a hometown because we lived in lots of different places right Uh, and so um, but this is the longest I've ever lived anywhere in my entire life is in Omaha Nebraska and I'm happy to say that too that's great we really feel settled in here but yeah we moved up from Florida about 12 and a half years ago where I was executive director of the zoo and botanic gardens there uh, for about six and a half years Uh, that followed a stint of about six and a half years as senior vice president of the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago where we had pretty broad responsibilities and before that all the way out the west coast in Portland Oregon where I was general curator overseeing the entire animal collection and veterinary medicine so uh, an entire career spent in and around animals and uh, helping guests um, uh, have the same love for animals that I do. That's great. Wow, you've really seen a lot and experienced a lot, and that, that, that's interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of people who know of you but don't know that background, <laughs> so that's that's exciting and unique, and, and obviously you've brought a lot of those experiences here and, and been part of what you've built with Omaha. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I, I'm really curious about people I'm, I'm working to connect with through our, our podcast you know, presentation here uh, is what are some of the best memories uh, of parks or, or experiences you had with parks, and, and I know uh, you, you'll have some here in Omaha, but, but even going back into your youth, what are some things that really you think back on shaped your, your love of nature or your love of animals, and, and what were some of those direct impact things from parks? You know, living on Army bases, you don't get a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but you find it, you look for it and find it, and in my case, in Virginia, my park was the parade ground. Uh, in the middle of the oh, base wow, yeah. uh, and so of course they had golf courses and I did a little of that and they had bowling alleys and I did a little of that but the parade crown ground was really special and Santa 
of course, arrived on a helicopter <laughs> wow, and then rode on a fire crazy. engine to oh the base theater. So that, that really sticks in wonderful. my memory uh, there. And, you know, I've since traveled to a lot of national parks. Yes. Uh, and uh, I have a book on the architecture of the national parks, all those WPA kind of buildings. Oh, yeah. And it's just a checklist I have to stay in every one of them. And yeah. I've gotten about three-quarters of the way through oh, that. Oh, my gosh. As a kid, you know, we did the typical family vacation, Niagara Falls. And I remember oh, sure. putting on... Yeah rain jackets and <laughs> taking the wooden boardwalk down and getting hit with the spray mm -hmm. and just the magnificence of those waterfalls yeah. and the power that you can feel being down with them was really made an impression on me, the power oh, wow. of nature. That's great. Well, it's funny you mentioned the WPA buildings as well and, and maybe even just enlightening some people about how far-reaching those projects were, that they're in national parks, they're in city parks. We have some. I know there are several in the region here. Uh, and so the connectivity of everything, it never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> uh, but that, that's really great. And, and you're right. I, I think that's a great example of you could really be anywhere and and find opportunity and it sounds like you did a really great job of that being creative on not having maybe some <laughs> of the traditional things people see here from day to day yep um, so since you've been in in omaha and in, in a this is one that always is uh, a curious thing for me what do you consider your home park what, what do you, where do you spend your time and and what does that place mean to you so the one that's closest to my house, which is the one we visit most regularly, is Towel Park. Mm, yeah. And I like it. It's got a nice lagoon in there. That's right. Uh, there's an edge that's all trees, and it's a great bird-watching spot, by the way, in oh, the spring okay. and the fall. Yeah. Wonderful bird-watching spot. And it's tucked away. And, it's and tucked it's kind away. of hard unless you know where that entrance is, and you kind of weave around that first barrier of trees to get into that area. Yeah, it's got a baseball park. Yep. Um, it's got tennis courts. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's right along the bike trail yeah uh, and so all those I ride a bike and so all that combination of things makes it my favorite home park yeah and and we had another conversation where I know I asked you what you considered a hidden gem and you were kind of feeling the best of both worlds you have this place that you frequent the most and, and you said you felt it was it was something that maybe not uh, a lot of people or everybody knew about as this special place yeah it is a little off the beaten path um, you have to make that hard right turn off of uh, what is it, Center Street? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't just catch your eye like no, some of our other parks do. It doesn't. It's tucked down below that hillside. Yep. Uh, you can see a lot more of it from the bike trail. Uh, but I like it. It's got a nice mix of things that appeal to me. Well, and I really like the list of things you mentioned there, you know, the, what people could experience from something very formal to baseball, something very casual like a bike ride or a, a walk on that trail, fishing, uh, the other activities. Bird watching. Uh, bird watching, yeah. like you mentioned. That, that's, that's a fantastic point, and I, and I hope people really hear that and, and go enjoy that themselves. Great for Orioles, by the way. Oh, okay, good, good. <laughs> well, we're talking to the right person that would know all these great details for the community. That's excellent. Excellent. Um, so uh, really kind of thinking about more of the, uh, you know, kind of expanding out now, and, and thanks for sharing those details there on maybe just the impact of things to, to the community. You have the places, and, and again, we'll get to that list of where the zoo really touches people mm -hmm. and, and what it does and some of the connectivity. But how do you, as, as a professional, uh, a longtime provider of something that, that people hold so dear in terms of the zoo and, and their experience there, how do you feel parks most impacts the community as a whole? What are some of the things that, that hit you about that? Yeah. You know, being part of the chamber here in, in Jacksonville and, and visit Omaha here and then visit Jacksonville over there, that 
that attractant for getting corporations and families to move to your city has always been work, live, play. Mm-hmm. Um, that mantra, and that speaks to balance in life and yeah. what a community can provide. And I think of the parks as being solid evidence that the play is strongly uh, uh, in force here in yeah. Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, so many parks. Uh, and uh, that's what provides the balance is that work, live, play, and you are the play. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear you say that. Uh, certainly, uh, as a, uh, a world uh, a, a destination like the zoo here in Omaha uh, that's known around the world, to hear you talk about the impact of things that are right in people's neighborhood, and it is a goal of ours to really have those be as accessible to everybody as possible. Uh, I, I appreciate you saying it in that way, and, and certainly that's something that, that I've tried to champion as well, that balance, that opportunity for people right in their neighborhood to get away even for a short period of time, uh, and then you know to have something like what you offer as well for a special and unique experience that oftentimes people who don't have something like that in our community have to venture far and wide to experience is a really good balance and I think a fun compliment to each other. And don't forget that the city parks own the property at the zoo. Yeah. So there's a link there as well. And so you you mentioned obviously you're not from here originally but you've been an integral you know connected part of the community now Mm -hmm. for quite a while. Me being as new as I am I'm hearing about things and catching up on my history (laughs) and just the 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 history of that whole property with the stadium and other things and how that's all evolved. Uh, but yeah, that, that is part of the dynamic that I really appreciate. So thank you for bringing that up. What do you consider, and again, your very valuable professional perspective on just all kinds of, of opportunities and, and ways for people to engage and experience things, uh, what do you consider to be some of the best park amenities that you've seen? And, and you mentioned something that you do personally yourself uh, where you've taken advantage of some things, but what, what, what do you see and what, what have you seen people really enjoy in your time here? You know, on a very foundational kind of level, it's the open space and green grass, especially in high-density neighborhoods right. uh, where people don't have that outlet. And living in Chicago and knowing how important Lincoln Park and Grant Park were to everybody who lived nearby yeah. to go and experience, uh, incredibly important to have those wide open spaces. I think about Central Park in New York, Absolutely. in Manhattan, yeah. that wide open space, that's New York's uh, front yard. Yeah. And so um, I think about parks that way, and at a very foundational level, all that green grass and open space, of course, there's all kinds of add-on amenities that can make them even richer experiences, golf courses yeah. and, and uh, tennis courts and, and the like, yeah. uh, splash grounds, right. you know, all that sort of thing yeah. that can make them even better, and in some cases, even zoos. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned a couple of features <laughs> that I know you have on the zoo property now, yeah. um, which I, I, again, catching up on my history, I don't believe we're always there, but have obviously enhanced people's experience and opportunity to engage with you there at the zoo property. So so those are fantastic. And I know my family's already had the chance to do that myself, which we've really enjoyed. Uh, but I know you also mentioned that you ride bikes. Or you're a bike rider, you're a cyclist, do. and you enjoy the trails. I do. What are some of the places you've you know experienced personally and, and how have you felt about that kind Yeah, and so I get on the bike trails um, not far from Tall Park, Mm -hmm. and I either go northwest or southeast, and I've ridden almost all the way to the river and back. Uh, What I have discovered uh, is that I don't ride often enough to be able to deal with these hills. (laughs) So recently, (laughs) I got an electric bike. Oh, wow. Those are growing in popularity. They're great. Well, you know, I want to be out on the bike still, but I don't want it to be a god-awful experience (laughs) because I can't get out there often enough. Yeah. And so 
you know, I only use the assist when I need to. Sure. Uh, and I try to make it somewhat of a workout, but yeah. not a punishing one. Well, but that's the great part about it. It, it just it gives you the opportunity to experience any place in, in almost any condition. I mean, uh, as somebody who loves being outdoors uh, during all seasons, sometimes it's just about being prepared. So when it's hot, to have a little help, that's always a good thing. And it, it, it allows you to go that much longer, I think, with the enjoyment. Yeah, my reach is definitely farther. Yeah, that's great. That's mm -hmm. great. Well, and the trails are growing in popularity. We have discussions about that, um, you know, almost daily. And, and we're doing some expansions that we hope people will enjoy in the next few years. And we're looking at those ways to make even, you know, creating better connectivity so people can go from one to another and, and go farther in the city without having to break away from that. I'm looking forward to trying the trails out at uh, Cunningham. Yes. Yeah, no, around the absolutely. park. I haven't some gotten the, up there yet, but I want to. Some of the to. newest uh, uh, miles of trail, and, yeah. and I, I think a worthwhile trip for people who are looking for something new. Thanks for bringing that up. So we'll talk a little bit now about some zoo-specific things, and, and I, I really just wanted to get people in touch with how we have some crossover, and, and I know you have some unique perspective that I'd love to hear about uh, what the zoos have meant to parks and how there's been the connectivity. Mm -hmm. um, how have parks affected your career and how has the zoo changed Omaha and impacted you personally? So career-wise, uh, and I'll speak even more general than that, a lot of the zoos started as part of the city parks department yeah. or the county parks right. department all over the country and some, many that. still You're are. And right. in fact, my first zoo job was with the Chicago Park District when the zoo there was under the wing of the park district and oh, not a separate entity. Oh my gosh. So uh, I have, I'm appreciative that all these cities and parks have really fostered the early growth of zoos. Yeah. Uh, I think eventually I became aware that there was a lot of special expertise that was required. And so uh, like what Omaha did, they continue to own all the property and have some control there. And right. you're a good example of that. You have input into the board of directors meeting and so yeah. forth. Um, but on the other hand, uh, relinquishing it to a board of directors and probably a more professional staff, more than just an administrative staff that knows about animals and animal care and conservation and research and education, uh, all those sorts of things, yeah. it became clear that we're starting to get way above the expertise that cities and parks could offer, yeah. at least for the larger uh, parks department. So. Uh, I'm grateful that the parks have fostered the growth of zoos and then had the uh, understanding that in many cases they needed to be separated a little bit for them to truly grow. And yep. that's certainly what happened here. And it's one of the reasons we have such a great zoo. Well, I, I'm, I appreciate that history uh, and, and helping people connect how those things really have complemented mm -hmm. each other. And, and, and to hear your appreciation for it just really uh, excites me about not only what obviously has been, but what's going to be out there for us in terms of our connection in the future. Uh, I think the other thing that, that amazes me, and, and when I had the chance to see things uh, up close, and, and thanks for that opportunity to really get connected with the operation, I'm just not sure people... Uh, who come to the zoo, uh, even on a regular basis, understand the scope and, and the breadth of what is being provided there in terms of medical care to the animals, in terms of the operation for feeding them. And, and we've talked recently about expanding our partnership in terms of taking, you know, uh, uh, things from parks and having that be an impact to the animals at the zoo and, and, and always trying to evaluate opportunities like that. Um, and, and part of the goal of this is certainly to help people know more about that. And so I appreciate you bringing all that up. Sure. Uh, what would you say you are most proud of in terms of your time here and your contribution to the growth of the zoo? 
That's such a softball question. I know, right? But I'm curious <laughs> because you and I haven't even had a chance to talk about that. I, I know, I'll say this. When we moved to Des Moines, and, and I worked for Des Moines, as many people know, for mm -hmm. six years prior to coming here, yep. I already knew about the great reputation of the zoo. And then you had a chance to educate me on what's even happened in that period of time, and, and it was amazing to me. So mm -hmm. I, I'm curious, of all those things that have made such an impact, what really stands out to you, or what are you most proud of? You know, I think what I'm most proud of is the philanthropic culture in this community has enabled so many things, zoo included, yes. but I think the park to, Parks Department has a foundation yeah. now, certainly mm -hmm. the Performing Arts Center, the baseball stadiums, the CHI Center, the list of veterans clinic, the list goes on and on uh, about what this community has been able to offer. And unless you go and live somewhere else, I don't think you fully appreciate that it is different here sure. in Omaha, Nebraska. And we've certainly been one of the largest beneficiaries of all that at the zoo. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I guess I'm proud of the philanthropic community here for really stepping up and not... Um, and, and sharing some of their wealth and good fortune so that everybody can prosper from that. The zoo has been uh, incredible. I didn't know that when I came here. Uh, I don't think anybody really does unless they came here. Sure. They come here and begin to understand how things are financed. Right. Um, but the zoo, uh, after we did our master plan in 2010, uh, to see the commitments that came in from various donors and uh, has been incredible and way beyond uh, what I thought would be even be possible for this size city wow. and that size zoo. Uh, but um, uh, that uh, alone has uh, really propelled us even further. Um, we were always known for some incredible exhibits like the jungle and the desert dome, but mm -hmm. now to round out the entire collection and the guest experience especially, to complement what was done before, add to it, then yeah. layer in an entire guest experience is pretty cool. That's great. Um, I want everybody, whether they're on um, government assistance or wealthy, to have the same experience, first-class experience Absolutely. when they come to the zoo. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what you say about the philanthropic community. I've already sensed a lot of that myself, and we've had a lot of the contribution to the growth of our mm -hmm. traditional parks and open spaces. Um, and, and one of the things that I'll certainly say I've noticed, looking back at the history and then, and then hearing a little bit of the dialogue about what might be to come, um, it, it seems like you really haven't gone for a, a, an extended period of time without something changing, something being <laughs> renovated, something being created that just continues to keep the experience there very fresh and unique. You know, I think success breeds success when you come up with great ideas and me and my predecessor uh, and staff uh, and then uh, raise money for those ideas, execute those ideas, open them on time, at or a little under budget maybe, yeah. it gives everybody confidence that um, you can produce and you can deliver world-class kind of projects. Absolutely. And it's in our DNA now. That's great. It's, you know, no matter what we do and how nice it is, it's always what's next, what's next, what's yeah. next. Uh, so far, there doesn't seem to be a limit on that. Sure. It's incredible. That's great. Uh, but there doesn't seem to be a limit. And we've got a few things we're talking about right now. You know, we want to have a better entrance to the splash ground. Yeah. Right now, we're having a few problems because of our success. <laughs> wow. So yeah. the splash ground needs more stroller parking, yep. needs more shade because of the volume of people who want to use that. And right. so we're going to be shifting the carousel around, okay. moving that not very far yeah. to, to create a better front sort of a foyer to the splash ground okay. to make it more comfortable. Yes. Uh, and so that part is going to change a lot. And so uh, that's one thing. And we're still talking to our board about a few other ideas 
They're still in early stages yet, uh, but uh, more will come. That's got to be the fun, though. That's got to be the great part about it is you're really thinking about what could be next, as you just said, what are the possibilities and what a good problem to have, you know, to, to and, and we deal with it on a, a much less, uh, uh, you know, maybe exciting level when you say, oh, we've got so many people coming here. Uh, do we have to put in more parking or things like that? But again, that's the, the success, you know, yeah. breeding success and, and the things that you want to do to just make people people's entire experience better and, and make it easier for them to come and enjoy. Exactly. And uh, I'll say this, and, and I know there's probably very few people who've come to the zoo and haven't seen that area, but that is just such a unique situation. The spray ground is such a fun, and, and I just, I, I wish my boys were even maybe a little younger. They, they had wonder, and they're 8 and 15 years old about how that looked, but to be two, three, four, five. I just can't imagine how amazing that is for them. So yeah, what a, what a special place. And it's all animal themed. So yes. we always keep the education part in mind. Right. Uh, so it's animal themed. So that makes it a little different from any other kind of splash ground you might encounter somewhere else. Uh, it still all relates back to some, to the mission. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and then the adventure trails for kids, yep. that is uh, Disneyland for kids. Oh, wow. uh, that, yeah. Very uh, And that exciting. has been really successful as well. And so there's a nucleus of things down there that have worked out really well. And our latest exhibit, big exhibit, of course, is the Owen Sea Lion Pool. Yes. Uh, and that just turned out, we're very happy with the way that turned out. And I think our guests love it. It may, in many cases, be their favorite exhibit now yeah, at the zoo. a wonderful Aquarium's spot. still right up there. Oh, sure. Yeah. But the sea lion pool, we've taken another step forward on this sort of immersion architecture. And yes. you can see sea lions and appreciate them in ways you never could before. That's great. So it's, it's worked out really well. Again, well. probably very satisfying when things play out in the way you envisioned or maybe even yeah. better than you thought. Yeah. And it sounds like you're getting that feedback. That's excellent. Um, so really bring kind of our conversation full circle. Uh, what do you see as the greatest power of parks to influence the culture of a city? And I think we've established very well that, that parks and, and zoos and those things complement each other very well in terms of, of balance of life and and the way that people would have an opportunity to identify mm -hmm. themselves with the community. What, what do you what sticks out to you in terms of being the biggest power that that possesses? I don't know to me a, a really healthy parks department and park facilities really say something about uh, a city that wants to make sure all of its citizens have the ability to, to learn about nature, to be outdoors, to engage in physical activities and to commit taxpayer money to make sure that that's possible for everybody. Um, I think that's awfully powerful, and it says a lot about a city that has uh, incredible facilities and places for people to get out, uh, and uh, the zoo being one of them, of course, but a lot of other things too, neighborhood parks. And so I think that says a lot about the culture of a city, the degree to which it takes care of its citizens and allows that balanced, happier life. That's great. Wow, that, very well said. No, thank you for, for putting it that way. I appreciate it very much. So as you look forward to maybe uh, the transition into what I guess could be called the off season, you know, coming out of maybe where things peak for both of us as far as participation is concerned, uh, and even looking into next year, uh, what are you seeing as maybe being different? What are you seeing as maybe being some of the, the things that people should be aware of as they come to engage with you through the end of this year and into next 
I know we're coming out of just an unprecedented time with the pandemic and, and the way that affected use patterns and things, even though, again, I think the zoo has bounced back in a way that's maybe another thing better than you anticipated. But what are some of those things that, that you would mention to people? Uh, obviously, there's still time for them to come experience things this year. And then going into next year, it would just be hopefully more of that um, return to normal. And, and there's probably some safety and protocol things that will be there forever now. But it sounds like it's been fairly seamless for you to implement those. Yeah, it's been a good year that way. You know, the attendance is about what we expected, but people are staying longer. Um, they are spending more money, which we always are happy with because it, it helps support all of our programs. Yeah. Um, by a wide margin, they're spending more money. Uh, and interestingly, even though our memberships are up, um, our single ticket sales are up even farther. Mm -hmm. So people who maybe haven't been to the zoo in a while are finding the time to come, and I'm happy about that. That's so that's maybe a new audience that we're reaching. Yeah. Um, and so that's happening. I'm hoping next year we can really have an even greater regional influence. It's always wonderful when people from other states come visit the zoo and spend Absolutely. money in Omaha yeah. and restaurants, hotels, gas Definitely. stations. Uh, all of that, it just helps the city out even more, and uh, uh, it makes a big difference in our financial health as well when we can do that. And so you're going to see a ramped-up advertising campaign, I think, next year oh, good. to appeal to that. And we've had some partnerships with Visit Omaha uh, in order to yes. push that a little farther. Um, the fact that the Luminarium is going to come online, not next year, but in 23, uh, that's encouraging for the city, even more things for people to do. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's one thing to bring money in, and it's another thing to not have money leave. Right. And so um, with the zoo and the luminarium, the parks department, boy, that staycation thing is becoming more and more uh, of a real practical alternative, I yes. think, to just enjoy all the amenities here. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you had some uh, success this year with, uh, uh, I don't think it was a new concept, but an evolving concept with the night events. Um, of which I had the chance, my wife and I, to experience that personally. And so congratulations on Thank how you. well received those are. And, and again, a testament to your team being very progressive and looking for those new opportunities to engage. The other thing that I really wanted to mention, because it's something we're looking to evolve with as well, is our education opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so you brought up a couple of the things that you're doing there. And uh, another thing that I got to experience personally, my son was there for three sessions, three days um, <laughs> uh, in the aquarium. Yeah. Uh, and, and they were wonderful. And and so how would that look different? Is that something that's going to come back in an even bigger way? Did you have the response to that? And, and we were seeing some of the same thing with our, our camps and, and summertime, mm -hmm. as we mentioned, being a, a peak thing. But what are the what are the ways that you, you might evolve there? Or is that still something where capacity is limited and, and you've really tried to take as many people, uh, take care of as many people as you can, but it, it, it's only to what extent you can you can really accommodate? You know, over the course of the last year, I think we learned a few things. One of those being that you can still do virtual camps oh, yeah. and have a lot of people interested in those and sure. so that continued this year where people wanted to sign their kids up for a three-day virtual camp or a one-day virtual camp where we can take them around the zoo uh, and they can connect to the zoo with their computers right and learn a little bit more in depth uh, through our staff so that's one way we've grown yeah. but you know and I'm glad we've grown that way because we have limitations you only have so many indoor spots if it rains that these kids can be in and so you can't just have lots of kids with nowhere indoors for them to be yeah. uh, in terms of cl classroom kind of space. And so we've expanded that some, and that has helped. 
but there are definitely limitations to all of that. But the virtual side uh, has been a big boost for us. And uh, we now do a little partnering with some of the other cultural institutions to do, you know, well, today is the the uh, Lauritsen Gardens, tomorrow is the Children's Museum. I could see the Luminarium beating out in there one day at the right. zoo. What a great tour that would be, an interest level Definitely. that could be, uh, both to keep kids excited about the city, mm-hmm. uh, but to introduce them to everything it has to offer. That's great. Excellent. Uh, well, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here because, again, uh, you know, your success is our success, and I, I think vice versa. Um, wh- where do people go to get the information about things happening today and maybe what will be part of next year uh, at the zoo? What, what is the best resource for them? The website, I'm, I'm sure? Definitely the website. Yeah. Okay. And um, social media is uh-huh. another one. Uh, we, you know, just Facebook alone, we have over 300,000 followers on that. Wow. So, yeah, it's pretty extensive group and uh, it's very active. We have a full-time person who does nothing but social media and they also act as our zoo photographer and videographer. But oh, social perfect. media is their, per- their most important job and they really try and keep everyone up to speed on what's happening new in the zoo. Probably more so even than the website, but okay. uh, you'll see it on the website too. Yeah, excellent, good. Well, uh, I really, really appreciate your time here. I certainly want to congratulate you for all your success <laughs> up to this point <laughs> and, and wish you good luck moving forward with everything. Uh, it's been wonderful to hear your take on a lot of these questions and, and certainly hope to have uh, time to interact with you like this again. Thank you so much. Thank, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us as we explore the power of parks in Omaha. Look for our next quarterly podcast in the new year, and we hope everyone has a safe, fun, and memorable experience between now and then in one of our City of Omaha parks. Join the Omaha Parks and Recreation Department in celebrating veterans at our annual Veterans Shine On event, Thursday, November 4th at Memorial Park. The ceremony, beginning at 6 p.m., will feature several guest speakers, a laying of the wreath ceremony, music, and the grand lighting of the World War II colonnade. Hot cocoa and desserts will be served. Check out the Omaha Parks and Recreation website for more details, parks.cityofomaha.org.